You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, would you please turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter number 28, the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 28. Let's begin reading in verse number 1 as we consider this morning the reality of the resurrection. The reality of the resurrection. The Bible says in Matthew 28 verse 1, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here. Amen. I just got to stop and say hallelujah. He's not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall ye see him. What a glorious morning when Jesus arose. I mean, the light broke through, dispelling the darkness of the tomb, banishing the gloom and unbelief of the apostles, and flooding the ages with radiance and truth. The grave is conquered as Jesus snatched the keys out of death's cold grip. Redemption's plan is now eternally complete, the tomb is what separates Christianity from the world's other religions because there's no other religion that has a good answer to the terrible reality of death. The grave uh, is not answered, but in Christianity we are invited to come and look at the cross and observe the empty tomb because our Savior did indeed live. He did die, but folks, He rose again and He is alive and well today, praise the Lord. And so the historical impact of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot be overstated. In fact, it is the greatest uh, his, the greatest event in all of history. But why? Why is it so significant? I mean, besides the obvious, I mean, uh, but I want to look at some more details about what makes the resurrection, the reality of it. When I say the reality, not only the fact that historically it happened, but also the impact and the reality, what it means to our lives today. And when I say today, I don't just mean one Sunday a year. I mean every day, the reality, all right? And so what makes it so significant? Well, number one, it is in what he did, God becoming a man, giving his life in the cruel death of the cross and rising again on the third day. Uh, my wife pointed something out that I thought was really good. She talked about how that pagan gods require ceaseless sacrifice for offenses. But the true God of glory gave himself as the atoning sacrifice for our sins and a pretty awesome thing. So in what he did, carrying our sins, but in why he did it. So what he did, why he did it. And this has ramifications for today. Romans chapter 4 verse 25 says that he was delivered for our offenses. 
for where we have offended, for where we have sinned. He was delivered. He died on the cross for our sins, for our offenses. And He was raised again for our justification. And so He rose again so that we might stand justified in the sight of God Almighty. But let's go back to that first resurrection Sunday just for a moment as we consider just a handful of faithful women that are gathered at the tomb on that Sunday morning. But where are the disciples at? Where are the throngs of people that were yelling and shouting Hosanna just one week before? None of them were there. They all missed it. They all missed it. Uh, and when I think about that today, I think in another sense today that there's a lot of people who are missing it. I mean, there's millions of people that are celebrating the resurrection of Christ today, but many are missing the reality of what it really means to you personally. See, many would say, for instance, oh, that Jesus dying and rising again in his life and so forth, boy, that was so inspirational. Well, it's true that what he did was inspirational, but inspiration is not enough to change the world. It wasn't about the inspiration, but about the transformation that Jesus works in the hearts and lives of those who believe and are willing to put their faith and trust in Him and the finished work of Calvary. It's not just inspirational, folks. It's transformational. That's what makes it so impactful. This wasn't just an event that took place 2,000 years ago. Uh, th that which took place uh, 2,000 years ago, again, was amazing enough. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is the impact goes even beyond that to this very day. It's a transformational act that Jesus Christ did in dying on the cross and rising again. And I want to show that to you in just a moment. But consider this. When you go back to the day of Pentecost, uh, and this on the day of Pentecost, this is 40 days after Jesus rose from the grave. A lot of people don't realize that Jesus rose again, ascended, offered his, offered his blood, according to the book of Hebrews, on the mercy seat in heaven. But he came back and he had 40 days on this earth before he ascended uh, back to heaven again. And he ascended on, uh, right the, on that day of Pentecost, or right around the Feast of Pentecost. But on that day, there were 120 people in the church, if you will, gathered there on the day of Pentecost, 120 people in the upper room. But before the end of that day, there were 3,000 more added to the church. In just a few days to come, there would be multitudes that would be added to the church. And before long, it began this, this message began to uh, travel around the world. All the way, I want to say, to my hometown, Gastonia, North Carolina, back in 1992, amen, when I too was changed, transformed by the message, amen, not just the message, but the actual work that Christ accomplished on the cross, that resurrection power, that transforming work took place in my life. And I'm telling you, it's still taking place today in salvation, and it's still taking place today in our service for the Lord. What a glorious message. The, the resurrection is a great past historical event. I mean, the greatest ever, as I've already said. But is it a part of your present reality? You see, the resurrection is meant to be a reality in each individual heart. Perhaps you believe the resurrection 
intellectually. But I ask you today, have you received the resurrection by believing from your heart? See, th th when I talked about those earlier that miss it, people miss it not because they don't believe it, not because they uh, don't acknowledge it, not even because they don't celebrate it, but they miss it because they miss the whole point. Jesus came, He died on the cross, He carried your sins, that's why He died because the wages of sin is death, but folks, He rose again the third day so that you could be saved. Don't miss that. Uh, and I want to show you in just a moment how powerful these principles are in the New Testament. See, the resurrection becomes a personal reality when you receive it. Over the next few moments, I want to show you how that receiving the resurrection makes it a present reality with future prospects. How do we experience the reality of the resurrection? How do we receive the resurrection? Well, number one, the power of the reality of the resurrection is found in regeneration. Regeneration. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto uh, thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus said that there is a new birth that is required. Now, what does it mean to be born again? Well, if you look over into the book of Ephesians, there's a good example of that. But I want to share another verse out of Romans and then some verses out of Ephesians. What does it mean? How are we born again, as Jesus says? How does receiving the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection, mean to be born again? I want to hasten to say this today, that being born again is not about baptism. It's about faith in Christ. And we see that, number one, how are we born again? By believing from our hearts in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 9 verse 10 says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I mean, think about this. You've got to believe the resurrection in order to be saved. And so there is the belief, but it's, it's intellectual, but it's also from the heart. So believing the resurrection. But then number two, how are we born again? By believing the resurrection, then by receiving the resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Quickened means to be made alive. Quickened is resurrection. So he says that spiritually speaking, though physically we may be alive, he says that because of sin, we're born into sin, therefore all men are dead spiritually. But the Bible says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in sins. It goes on to say in verse 4 of Ephesians 2, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You see, in Christ Jesus. So we have been resurrected. This is talking about spiritual resurrection. 
So the Bible teaches that yes, hallelujah, Jesus died. He rose again the third day. And without it, we wouldn't be able to be saved. But you know what? He's saying this, that salvation, the reality is that receiving this, there's a resurrection that takes place within our hearts and within our own lives. Also in Ephesians 1 goes on to just uh, go on, on to this a lot, a lot more. Ephesians 1 verse 19, the Bible says, what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. So what is He saying there? He's saying this, the work that God does in the heart of mankind and the heart of an individual is the same work that He was doing when Jesus was in the tomb uh, after He died on the cross and was there for, in the tomb for three days. The same Spirit that worked on the third day is the same Spirit that works in your heart and in my heart to bring about regeneration, being born again, being resurrected. See, we can only have new life because of His death and resurrection power. The same Spirit that brought Jesus forth out of the tomb is the same Holy Spirit who moves within our hearts to bring us from the dark sepulcher of sin. You see, there was a day when I went beyond merely acknowledging that Jesus died and rose again, and when I realized that He did it for me, when I realized and understood that not only did He die on the cross, and not only did He rise again the third day, but He died for my sins, and He died for your sins, and He rose again the third day. Folks, there was a time when I saw my need for Him, and when I humbled myself, and when I called on the name of the Lord and asked Him to forgive me of my sins, to come into my heart, to come into my life, and to be my Savior. And boy, I want to tell you, when I did, I went from the grave of guilt to the glory of God. I went from the tomb of terror to triumph. I went from the crypt of corruption to a life of purity. <laughs> Hallelujah. For the day that I burst forth from the bondage of my tomb with new life, with a new song, with a new path, with new purpose, with new prospects. Amen. Boy, there was a day, folks, that I'll never forget. Amen. When Jesus showed me my need for Him. When Jesus revealed that I was lost and I was dead in my sins. But if I would just put my faith and trust in Him, He would save my soul. And I want you to know, He did just that. I like what the Bible says in Psalm 40, verses 2 and 3. It says, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So the first way we see that we can receive the resurrection is by regeneration. Have you been born again? Do you remember when Jesus saved your soul, when you put your faith and trust in Him? If you don't, boy, today would be a wonderful day, amen, to experience a spiritual resurrection, to find new life in Christ. And that kind of leads us to the next point because not only do we see that receiving the resurrection is about regeneration, but it's also about a reality. It's about real life. See, 
the wonderful truth of the resurrection is not just to be celebrated. I'm all for celebrating uh, the resurrection of Christ. In fact, I believe as Christians, it's interesting when you look at the transition from Judaism to Christianity, how the Jews worshipped on Saturday, on the Sabbath day. But uh, after the resurrection of Christ on Sunday, uh, the church began to worship on Sunday. And uh, so, so, so the day changed, but it's not just about uh, a day. It's not about celebrating the resurrection in that sense. But folks, it's about experiencing the resurrection, not only in salvation, but in our service. In fact, if you are a believer, the only way, the only way that you can experience and live a life that is pleasing to God is through a daily dose of death and resurrection. That's the only way we can truly live the Christian life. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, that as like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so as Christ was resurrected, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. And matter, matter of fact, the reason we follow the Lord in believers' baptism is to signify and to show publicly what happened to us spiritually. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, what happens is this. Your old life is dead in Christ. You accept the fact that He died for your sins and that He was buried to carry them away, but that He rose again. And that as a result of that, we are gonna, our old life is buried with Him, but now we rise again to walk in newness of life. So a daily dose of death and resurrection. So just as Christ was raised from the dead, the Bible says you and I should walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6 verse 9 says this, Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. And what God's trying to teach us in that is some really good news, folks. Because not only did Jesus save me and forgive me of my sins, He saved me from the dominion of sin. Now, what, what does that mean? That, that means that I can live a victorious Christian life. Do I still sin? Yes, I do. Do I still uh, fail? Yes. But it's only when I yield to sin. Because I do. the Bible says that sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin is no longer your master. You no longer have to yield to sin. When we sin, that's exactly what we do. We yield to it. We give in to it. But folks, we can live a victorious Christian life. When you see somebody that's living a life and you wonder, how could somebody live such a life? It's not because they're a better person than you are if they're a Christian. The whole thing is, is they've learned how to allow the power of the resurrection of Christ, the power of His resurrection to work in their life in a practical way. I said not only do, do we need to learn about the resurrection, but death. See, 1 Corinthians 15, 13, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, I die daily. I die daily. That's an amazing verse. So if we're going to be victorious Christians, we need to die daily. Now, clearly, he's not speaking of dying uh, physically speaking. I mean, that's not the, the point. The point is he's saying, I'm dying to the old nature, the old desires, the old way. That old, that old part of me that's the same old. Listen, there's a part of me that's the same old Jesse that it's always been. When I got saved, the old man, the old nature did not change. 
But he did give me a new nature. And, if, and by God's grace, I can live and surrender, die to my old nature, live to the new nature. In other words, there's a dying, there's a resurrection. Think about this. All these verses about practical Christian living that have to do with resurrection. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So are you saved? If so, he says, you are risen with Christ. You've been resurrected with him. I like what the Bible says in Romans 6, verse 5. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. And I got another verse here. Uh, for those that may suffer, those who may be going through difficult times, Listen, did you know that the power of the resurrection uh, will help you through your suffering? The Apostle Paul knew what it was to suffer. He knew what it was to feel pain. He knew what it was to feel hunger and disease and to be locked up and to be without uh, clothing to keep himself warm. He knew what it was to go through tough times. But did you know that the power of the resurrection can help you in your suffering? See, the Bible says in Philippians 3 verse 10 that I may know him and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. So, uh, so we see the reality, the real-life power of the resurrection. See, true Christianity shouldn't be about trying. It's about triumphing. It's not about doing your best. It's about learning how to say, you know what? It's not about my best. Lord, I, every morning I try to pray this when I get up in the morning. I try to pray what Jesus told to his disciples over there in the book of John when he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. See, the Lord doesn't put all these big standards on us that we've got to do. He says, no, you just need to learn to surrender your will and allow me to work through you, allow me to live through you. That is the power of real life resurrection on, on, in a practical way. It can help you be the man, the woman, the boy, the girl that God wants you to be. You, this, is why you could, this is why you're a winner. This is why you can have success. This is why you can have victory. This is why you are not a loser. I mean, we can make excuses, but we all have the same excuse as far as our self is concerned. But I'm telling you, the victory that's in my life is not because of me. It's because of Christ in me. It's because of Christ in me. And I have to give God all the glory for what He's done in and through my life. And no, I'm not exactly where I want to be, and I may not even be where I should be uh, yet. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm not what I used to be, amen? And I'm telling you, God's doing a work in my life. He's got His hand on me, and it's all about Him. It's not because I'm anything great. It's because He's great. And so the power of the resurrection really eliminates excuses. Because it's not about, oh, I don't think I can live the Christian life. Man, it's not about you living it. It's about Christ living it through you, through the power of the resurrection. So uh, another cool reality is not only regeneration, and not only is it reality, but also it is a representation. The Bible says this. The Bible says in Romans 8, 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So Jesus is interceding. Do you know Jesus is praying for you? 
Did you know Jesus is the one high priest? I mean, listen, the Bible says that he is the one. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved, but he's also the only high priest. I love what the Bible says in Hebrews 4.15. For, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Infirmities are weaknesses but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. And the Bible says, therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. See, because of the resurrection, He intercedes for us, and we're able to go to Him in times of trouble, amen, and in times of need, you can go to Him, and you have an intercessor, amen. You have somebody that is there representing you on your behalf. But I want to say not only is there a, uh, a, a, a regeneration and not only is there the real life aspect of it, but there is also the responsibility of the resurrection. Did you know there's a responsibility that goes along with this? I love what the Bible says there in Matthew where we read our, where our text verse was at. We read through verse 7, but I like what verse 8 says. The Bible says, And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. <laughs> May we be like the women who arrived early at the tomb. May we hasten away with the same glorious message, the same earnest resolve, and boldly proclaim with overwhelming enthusiasm and joy, not just on this day, but every day. Share with some soul. He is risen, amen. He's alive. He died on the cross. He rose again for you. I love their responsibility. They went with a message. And as God's people, let us go forth with a message of hope, amen. Let us go forth with a message of comfort, amen. Why? Because we serve a living Savior. Amen. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. And so there's a responsibility. Before He ascended after His resurrection, He left us with the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then lastly, there's, uh, the, the, the resurrection practically also means a, re a future resurrection for us, as well as a reunion. See, the resurrection gives us hope in death. You know, we've been going through this whole thing with COVID-19. One of the realities that people are facing, one of the things that's really scaring people is the fact and the looming possibility, as it seems, of death. <laughs> um, and let, let me tell you something. COVID-19 or not, that's always a looming possibility. But we're being reminded of that, aren't we? But you know what? For the child of God, there is hope in death. See, since Jesus conquered death, I mean, listen, it's not that the idea of dying might not be scary, but the fact of the matter is you can know today where you're going to spend eternity. There's hope in death. I'm telling you, I know where I'm going when I die. I'm going to go be with Him. See, the Bible says to be absent from the body for the child of God is to be present with the Lord. Now, I'm not bragging on myself. I've had people say, boy, you sound like you're boasting when you say you know where you're going. Isn't that boasting? If it's boasting, it's boasting in Him. 
because I don't, I don't know where I'm going because of anything that I have accomplished, but because of one thing that I put my faith and trust in Him, He brought forth life, amen. He uh, caused a resurrection, a spiritual resurrection in my heart one day back in 1992. And I'm telling you, I've never been the same since. He saved my soul. I am a child of God. My sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. And so there's hope in death. Again, I mentioned the verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so we have hope in death. See, it encourages us. We have hope in death. We are encouraged with the blessed hope. Upon his ascension, the angels told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, as Jesus was going up into heaven, the angels said, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner. So the same way you've seen him go up, that's the way he's going to be coming back again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17, the Bible says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. It's amazing how much the death and resurrection is in the New Testament. That's why we don't just preach it once a year. Amen? Uh, but it says, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, which is a reference to death, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen? And so we are promised that not only if I were to die today, which I may, I have hope, and listen, Bible hope, folks, is confident assurance. It's not a hope so, maybe so. I know, I have confidence that I will be in heaven. My eyes close on this side, they open on the other side. And that's true if you're a child of God. But I tell you, I, that, that, I may not have to experience death. You know why? Because Jesus could come again at any moment according to the word of God. Glory to God. The blessed hope, amen, he's coming again. So in conclusion this morning, I ask you the question once again. Is the resurrection a reality to you? Is the Spirit of God maybe speaking to your heart today? Maybe as you hear the message, you're thinking to yourself that, uh, that, you're, that you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're thinking to yourself that, uh, that, that uh, do, can you really know? Can you really have that much confidence about where you're going to spend eternity? And I want to say to you today, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Think about it. If the Spirit of God is the one speaking to your heart, Think about it. That's the same powerful spirit that raised Jesus forth and brought him forth on resurrection morning. He's powerful. He wants to bring you out of darkness. He wants to do something in your heart. He wants to bring you out of the despair of sin. But understand this. He's a gentleman. And what I mean by that is this. He will not force you. If you refuse the spirit of God, 
You can grieve the Spirit of God and you can turn Him away. But I'm telling you, wouldn't you want to experience this transformation? Wouldn't you want to see all what God has for you? Think about what Jesus did for you. He died on the cross. He rose again for you. And if you've not accepted Him yet, I beg of you right now to humble yourself, to bow your head, maybe right there where you are, and from your heart, the Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And he says this, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever means you. Would you be willing today to call on the name of the Lord? From your heart, would you be willing to pray, Dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. God, I want to experience a spiritual resurrection in my life today, Lord. In Jesus' name I ask you. And did you know that if you can pray a prayer like that from your heart today, you could be saved? Please let us know if you do ask the Lord to save you. We would love to rejoice with you, love to encourage you with some scripture. But I want to say this as well. Maybe you're a child of God listening today. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you've let yourself be over. You've yielded to sin. You've been overcome by sin. Man, you feel like a failure. You feel like a reject. I mean, you just feel like you're just worthless. Let me tell you something today. Jesus loves you as much today as he ever has. And what, all that you have experienced is what it's like to try to live life without, without letting His resurrection power work in your life. That's all you've experienced. That's something good to learn. Because you know what? We need to learn that. Because we need to learn that it's not about us. We need to learn that it's about Him. And I'm telling you, He is not done with you. He will do a work in your life. Will you believe? Will you just believe? Will you humble yourself as a child of God? Will you, will you say, Lord, with your help, I will serve you. With your help, I will get my life back in order. God, I can't do it myself, but Lord, I lean on you. Jesus can use that same power, that same resurrection power to bring you to a place of victory in your life as a child of God. Well, listen, I thank you so much for listening today and tuning in. Uh, please uh, contact us if you have any questions or comments. Uh, you can inbox us or you can uh, leave it elsewhere. Thank you so much, and I hope you have such a blessed resurrection day. Amen. God bless you.